Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and uh, welcome to an, another one of the series or not the podcast in the series about debunking the myths or, or my podcast series on that. Um, the last one we talked a bit about active and passive investing and a bit about time in the market versus timing the market and these seem to be very, very common types of themes and I know there's some, you know, you, you quite often see in um media and you also quite often you see books and things like that like um they, t- they talk about things such as you know if you weren't in the market on the 10 biggest rising days your portfolio would perform quite poorly but as i was talking about um, previously if you weren't in the market on the biggest days it crashed you'd actually perform even better again because markets don't crash up they crash down um, and we don't always think of those things you know like when we look at the media and, and what's going on and we look at experts on the TV or, or we're reading them in the newspapers or we you know, even pick up some books and we look at the intention of the, 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 the theme behind all that. Often when they're talking about time in the market, it's more from coming from the big funds management industry that really can't do it. They can't time the market like an individual can and be as nimble as that. So we've always got to be careful about what we're looking at, what we're reading and the information we're getting. And actually, I quite often say to people, it's far better to very much limit the sources of information. And every day I speak to people on the phone, uh, I mean, here people ringing in, wanting to understand investing, wanting to understand trading, wanting to understand how to you know, perform better in the market, how to get more control over their, their investments in, in the share market. And the interesting thing is, by by and large, everybody who's struggling, who's inconsistent, who's not doing very, very well, they look at lots of different things, you know. They could be, they'd be watching YouTube videos. And, and I've seriously had people on the phone that have been watching YouTube videos for five, six, seven, eight years uh, with the magical hope or the, the you know the wishful thinking that for some reason that YouTube's magically going to turn them into a financial wizard and they'd be able to absolutely slam the market and, and make obscene profits from it. But I don't know about you, but YouTube's a place I go to for entertainment, you know, watching a funny cat or dog video, maybe to learn how to bake a cake, but really it's not a place that you're going to get solid, a lot of good solid financial information from because and i'm not saying in blanket that's on every single video i'm just saying quite often it's just the masses because youtube is very it's free people can create videos in their bedroom um and often uh, that's what they're doing um or in their their back room of their house and they're purporting to be experts in the financial market when you don't actually know. And that's where you've got to be careful of getting all your information from because these myths really get perpetuated by some of these people. One of the ones I'm getting right now is really much about day trading. I mean, I get so many calls. I get people go, I want to day trade. I go, why? And they go, oh, well, because I want to make money or that's what you've got to do. And I went, well, who said that's what you've got to do? And I had a gentleman on the, on the phone only yesterday and uh, he wanted to trade 
day trade um, FX or currencies. And I said, so what's your goal? And he goes, oh, I want to make money. And I said, does it matter if you make all the money in one trade or a thousand trades? And he goes, yeah, I suppose it doesn't. And I said, well, what would you rather do, one trade or a thousand trades in here? And at the end of the day, you'd rather do one than a thousand because there's a lot less work if you make the same amount of money. And that's one of those really, really big myths in the marketplace that day trading is the way to make money, whereas the opposite is actually true. The majority of day traders don't make money because they're so emotional about the market. They're watching it all day long. Uh, and I said to this gentleman, I said, I don't have live data on my computer and I don't have an app on my phone that's binging all the time telling me prices because a toilet break can be very, very expensive um, if you're doing that sort of stuff. And most people trying to do it are working and they're working full time. Now, I'm a professional trader. That's what I do. But I don't have that. I never will have that because having constant prices going on, a price going up and down in a millisecond or five or 10 minutes does not make money in terms of it's not a smart way to make money. Uh, the best way to make money on the share market is to really pull back from the emotions. And I was saying to this gentleman, the reason why there's a lot of myths around day trading and you know being frequently trading the market is simply because I, I said, how do brokers make money? And he goes, we're brokerage. And I said, well, the more you trade, the more money they make. And he went, yeah. I said, so why do you think they're pushing you to trade more? Why do you think there's all this information out there to get you to trade more? Why do you think they've got all their fancy platforms you know, saying here's all this information and here's all these whiz-bang tools to get you to trade more. Uh, I had a gentleman on the, another gentleman on the phone yesterday. I said, I, the only time I ever open up a broker platform is to place the trade and I close it down again. So my buy and sell, open it up, close. As soon as I've done my trade, I'm out. And I don't do any work on their platforms. And I quite often getting, I'm getting a lot of people at the moment talking about, oh, I need a system, a platform you know, to do all my trading with them. Well, all you need a broker for or a platform for is to actually place the trade. Everything else you can do outside of that. And you should, because you should be remaining in the dark and not letting them understand what you're actually doing. And this is what, especially in places like the foreign exchange market futures, um, CFDs, uh, options market, if you're doing your analysis in their platforms, they can be watching you what you're actually doing. And if they're watching you knowing what you're doing, then they can cause prices to move through certain levels to trigger your trades and to trigger your stop losses. And that's a big reason why a lot of people who, who talk to us about understanding how to trade properly, they start to get an education just on the phone just by talking with us. And they go, yeah, I say, I'll watch that. And I go, well, why are you playing like that? You've got to be, if you want to make money, you've got to do what most people don't do. And so that's about understanding how the market works, understanding how to trade, understanding how you do your analysis, because you'll have less trades and you'll make far more money. And I know what I'd rather do, and I'm pretty sure what I know what you'd rather do. I mean, sitting on a computer all day long watching prices and, you know, having coffee with your friends or your, or your loved ones and watching your mobile phone for pricing, that's probably not a good way to live, or mine is. Uh, one of the things I wanted to discuss today was why costs matter. And, and this is really, there's two sort of sides to this. One is about costs for providing a service. And the other one is obviously getting into well, what do you need to, what tools do you actually need to be profitable? Um, and when we're talking about it, in my book, How to Bet the Manage Funds by 20%, I talk about fees in terms of managed fund fees and why they actually matter. And it often comes up with brokers too. A lot of people talking about, oh, well, you know, I can trade with Comsec or I can trade with XYZ brokerage or Bell Direct or whoever it is, and it only costs X dollars. And to me, 
Whilst costs do matter, brokerage fees not a huge thing to worry about. It's more about having the service that you need and getting a good fill, like a good buy or good sell in terms of your trade going through straight away and there's not a lot of issues and you've got good reporting from your broker website. Generally, when people ask me, well, what broker should I set up or what should I open an account with? I generally say, go to your own bank because uh, that's nice and simple. Uh, there's another one I also talk about is is don't deal with anybody that's not in Australia, that don't have an office in Australia and that you can prove they've got an office in Australia and that your money's not in Australia. So if, if you're dealing with an offshore company, be very, very wary uh, and because a lot of traders are getting caught in that. As soon as you start typing in stock trading education or learn trading, you start getting bombarded with every manner of ads every time you surf the web about um, FX trading, all sorts of futures trading, binary options trading. And, and more recently, we're just getting bombarded with this rubbish cryptocurrency trading. And uh, don't get me started on cryptocurrencies at the moment. But it's just this, we're bombarded with all that. And they're all offshore. Once you're dealing with an offshore company, ASIC, don't have any authority over there. So you're on your own. Uh, the ACCC don't have any authority offshore. So therefore, again, you're on your own. The Australian banking system doesn't have any authority offshore. So again, you're on your own. So if your money's offshore and you're trading offshore with offshore brokers, then you're taking a lot higher risk that you're trusting what they're doing. Um, so if you are doing that, I would be only dealing with big, very big trusted brands, you know, somebody like uh, a Saxo Bank, who is a big Dutch bank, one of the biggest uh, ones in the world, but they also have an office here in Australia. Um, big, really big US ones are very, very well known because obviously they're very heavily regulated in the US as well. But anywhere else, I'd be really struggling if I wouldn't open any accounts for them. So very, be very, very careful who you deal with from that side. Don't just believe a fancy website that these people are licensed because there's a lot of ones people say to me they've got accounts with. And I, and I Google them while I'm chatting to the people on the phone. I go, well, these people, they're not even, don't even have a license. They're not even in a country. They're in some Middle Eastern country. You know, why are you trading with them? And they go, oh, because of X, Y, and Z. The costs were pretty cheap and I can make a lot of money and I did this. And again, do your research from that point of view. But costs really do matter in more terms of when you're actually looking for um for people to uh, manage your money, sort of um, brokers, financial planners, those sorts of people, because you know two percent doesn't sound like a lot of money on the surface, or you know even one percent doesn't sound like a lot of money, or three percent doesn't sound like a lot of money. But on a hundred thousand dollars, two percent's two thousand dollars, isn't it? And it's pretty simple. So, um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be paying those types of fees to financial planners or good fund managers, because again, at the day, and what I often say to people is, it's about well, risk versus return, but it's also versus cost versus outcome. So, you know, if, if somebody's making you 20% and they're charging you 2%, well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? That's, they're doing a really good job. But if, you know, they're only making you 4% and you're charging you 2%, then that's not a pretty good job, is it? But don't get too hung up on that, you know, is, is sometimes people do get really, really, really hung up on trying to get the cheapest, cheapest deal. And quite often by trying to get the cheapest deal, you get a home brand type service. Because it really does get like that. It's, you know, these people... Uh, the managers, fund managers, and really good people do need to pay for, you know, staff, officers, all the things that need it, insurances, all the compliance they've got to do, a whole range of stuff. So, um, but again, just watch it. There's a nice little balance there in the middle. And that's sort of what I'm trying to say. If you're paying out 2%, 
your investment needs to make more than 2% for you to break even. And so that's important. Brokerage, as I said a little bit earlier, is probably not as big an issue on my mind. You know, somewhere between 10 and 20% is pretty good. 1% um, or and a 1% above that, that's normally pretty good. So don't stress too much, but it's more about the service that you're going to get in that background. You know, if you are paying 3% in fees and, you know, you've got somebody managing $50,000 for you and they're making, you know, 3 4 5%, then it's probably a bit too much. So just have a look at the fees and the type of product. If you're looking at a more buy and hold type of managed fund, you know, like an Australian equities fund that's more buy and hold, that should have a lower fee and your fee should be well below 1% or at least 1% or lower than that to make it really worthwhile for you because it can eat into it. The other thing is also, you know, tax can eat into things and, um, you know, like 15% uh, tax on your GST. If you, uh, sorry, the GST, you're on your super fund. So when you pay 15% tax in your super fund, did you realise the amount that you put in there needs to make 18% before you recoup your 15%? hope that made sense. So if I put a $1,000 into my super and I'm charged 15% tax on that, so 15% on 1000 uh, then that $1,000 that I put in is not really $1,000. It's $1,000 less 15%. So then that amount that's left over needs to grow by 18% before I break even. So it's looking at those sorts of things and making sure you're doing your wise investments. Now, the other side of the coin really gets down to what do you need as an investor and as a trader and what tools and resources do you need around it? And this is where, again, uh, I find a lot of people know the price of everything and the value of absolutely nothing. And they have this broke or poor mentality in saying, well, I'm not going to pay for good data because I can get it free off this site. But the free off this site is raw data that has mistakes in it. And if it's got mistakes in it, you're not going to be able to analyse properly and assess the market properly. I won't pay for good research from a good research house. I'll just get this free stuff and you're just going to get what you pay for. And again, we get this a lot with the education. You know, a lot of people think they can get free education from YouTube in how to trade the market. But every day I have people on the phone ringing in and not one but dozens we talk to who've been spending one, two, five, ten years reading a few books, scouring the web and watching YouTube videos in an attempt to learn how to be a trader on the market. And all they've got is a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted money because they've tried trading and they've been very, very hit and miss and they haven't thought of that compounding effect of being able to do it properly. And they go, well, you know, I can't afford your course. Well, no, you can't afford not to do the course because it's a false reality really is, is if you get the right education straight away and you put the time and effort in, you'll reap it over and over and over and over and over. Um, and one gentleman I was talking to is um, from a finance background, accounting background, and I said, how much time are you spending researching the web and watching YouTube videos and reading all these different things all over the place? He goes, oh, I know, probably about 10 hours a week. I said, okay, how much an hour do you get paid? I said, now multiply that by how many years have you been doing that and how much have you paid for your education and you're still a crappy trader. And that's not being rude. He's still a very inefficient, hit-and-miss person. And that's why they were talking to us to help them do it properly. And to me, it's always about do it right the first time. 
um, and not muck around. And all too often people are trying to get the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest deal. But what they're doing is they're getting a real cheap outcome. And that's not the goal with share trading education. It's not the goal with trading the share market or even investing in the share market. And it is quite interesting. You know, you should be investing in yourself in making sure that you know how to make money from the market because it is easy once you learn how to do it properly. Um, I've got a few more things that I want to cover, but I won't probably do that in this podcast. I've got a, a couple of things in terms of the market, etc. but I'll leave that for the next chapter of our uh, Talking Wealth Debunking the Myths podcast series. Hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to chatting you on the next one. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.